Hey, what is up? Bobby here. And before I get started with Skin and uh, also our guest today, very special guest, former Maverick and 2011 NBA champion Sean Marion. Just want to get a couple housekeeping notes out of the way right quick. So first off, everybody knows Hallelujah. Everybody knows that Isaac sang it, that Jason wrote it from The Ringer. Uh, those guys very talented. They gave a moving performance uh, Saturday whenever the Mavs took down the Rockets. But whenever Dallas was out in L.A. to play the Lakers, Lizelle and Katia got to talk to Haley O'Shaughnessy, who's an NBA writer at The Ringer. So definitely check that podcast out. That's just between us girls. That is their latest episode. Or by now, I guess maybe they have a, a new episode out. But um, they got to record with Haley, talk to her for a, a good little while. So definitely check that out. Just some good times. Haley's got some great takes. She's a great follow on Twitter, too, uh, if you are one of those people on social media. So definitely check that out. Great stuff from them. And then also next week, December 20th, that is Mavs at Clippers. Tip-off is at 9.30. Uh, We're going to be hosting a watch party that night at Christie's on McKinney uh, in Uptown. That's 2811 McKinney Avenue, Christie's Sports Bar. Tip-off is at 9.30, but beginning at 8 o'clock, we are going to be hosting a live podcast. Skin will be there. Mike Marshall and Jake Kemp from the Four Pointer will be there. I will be there. The four of us are going to be potting it up. Uh, Lizelle and Katia will actually be in L.A., so they'll be uh, at the game, hopefully reporting on a win, another Mavs win. But uh, the four of us that got left behind, we will be at Christie's chatting it up, firing takes all over the place starting at 8 o'clock. So if you want to uh, come out and support the Mavs, I don't know if you've ever been to a Mavs watch party, but it's great. you got the Maniacs, got dancers out there. Uh, they always do some cool giveaways. People win tickets, autograph stuff all the time. There's there's all sorts of fun that goes on. Uh, drink specials too, if you're into that sort of thing. So um, the watch parties are always great. And this time we're actually incorporating a live podcast for the first time. It'll be our first time doing any any anything like this. Uh, we will obviously record it and post it probably the next morning as a podcast. So if you can't make it, you'll still be able to hear it. Uh, but if you are in the Dallas area, if you're in the Metroplex and, uh, and you got some time to kill, you want to come hang out with us, uh, you can meet those guys. You can hang out with some fellow Mavs fans even. Uh, come out and join us. Again, we're starting at 8 o'clock. That is at Christie's Sports Bar uh, in Dallas on McKinney Avenue. For more information, address, time, uh, all the, the giveaways and everything, go to Mavs.com slash watch party. Mavs.com slash watch party uh, Thursday, December 20th. I know it's the holidays, but nobody wants to be around their family that much. Come hang out with us, your sports family, that night, December 20th, 8 p.m., Christie Sports Bar. Come meet Skin. Come meet Mike. Come meet Jake. Come meet me. Come meet Mavs fans. Hang out. Watch the game. Have a great time uh, and root the Mavs on to victory. It's going to be pretty dramatic. Hopefully Dennis is back by then and he can take out one of Pat Bev's teeth himself this time. Uh, anyway, I think that's that's about it for me, for my housekeeping uh, things. Without further ado, let's get to numbers on the boards. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever, <laughs> whenever. You listen to it when you want. That's right. That's the convenience and the beauty of podcasting. 
This is a podcast. It is numbers on the boards. I am Bobby Corella from Maps.com. A little later, we're going to be joined by one of the most versatile players in NBA history. But for now, I am joined by one of the most versatile media personalities in Dallas sports history. Yes. He is Jeff Skinway. Hello, everybody. How we doing? I'm uh, I'm I'm in great spirits. Um I, uh, one of the nice people at the Mavs helped me get my daughter. She, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so don't worry. Why not? Uh, she's listening to... Well, we can get into that whole thing okay. in a minute. Did you did you check out your Spotify favorites for 2018? I did, yeah. Okay. So I went to check mine. Not one song I listened to was on there because my daughter and I share a Spotify oh, account. Oh, okay, yeah. Dude, I was pop music pop in it to death. Hey, there's nothing wrong with pop music. Uh, uh, it was uh, Billy Eichersch or something. Uh, and it yeah. was like there was some pop, con- whatever. But anyway, so uh, Allison over here, the Mavs went to Oregon, and she found the Air Force Ones, the all white, and my daughter's size. And I'd been looking online; they're very difficult to get because apparently all the junior high kids want them again. I guess it's like the Stan Smith or the Shelto Adidas or something. I don't know. It's making a big comeback with the kids. Okay. So I'm in a good mood because I'm looking down, and right below my feet are these Air Force Ones we're going to give my daughter for Christmas. Hey, nice. Yeah. So things are going well. And that's my, really uh, cool. Yeah, and I got uh, Luca. Yeah. So you know, that's a, that's a Christmas gift for all of give us. Give the gift of Luca to everyone you love. Absolutely, Hallelujah to that Hallelujah. skin. Hallelujah. Uh, it's interesting how things sometimes come back into vogue or in vogue, if you will, among the youths. Yeah. Uh, so Air Force Ones have been kind of out since what the early thousands with Nelly and I, uh, his I his reali- bop, yeah. Air Force Ones. I didn't realize it was a thing. I don't know if it was, but it was definitely a song. That oh was, yeah, yeah. No, no, they were song. huge. Yeah. They were huge in like 2006. Yeah, or yeah. Somewhere early, in there. early to mid aughts. Yeah. Mid-aughts, yeah. Uh, some things come back. It takes them a little while to come back, but uh, some things come back very quickly. One of my friends is a high school teacher, and she told me that the song that all of the students are listening to these days is Rack City by Tyga. Really? Which was popular like five years ago, seven years a, ago. I mean, it, and Isn't it's, that a strip club joint? I think so. Good. Yeah, I'm I glad mean, the kids are into that. Yeah, it's it's good, wholesome content for, yeah. uh, for the kids of America. But I, I don't know why it became popular again. I don't know if it's part of some meme going around or if it was in a video on the internet or something. Maybe uh, is, uh, but it makes me feel very old. Maybe Tyga's in love with a Kardashian. I feel like all these things <laughs> always tie back to the Kardashians some way, somehow. He certainly does. Uh, unfortunately, it took only three minutes into this episode for us to talk about the Kardashians. So we always keep up with them. Uh, but that's... I think we just failed. Yeah. I think I'll blame myself. Yeah, I no. think I drug this thing into a ditch really early on, and I'd like to apologize. Yeah, but talking about Air Force One, we don't talk about fashionable things on this podcast very often, unless uh-huh. it's basketball-related. Uh, have any NBA player Air Force Ones are not basketball shoes, right? Those are more walkabout shoes. I think they are leisure or casual, as they okay. would say. Hey, by the way, uh, so th- I feel like numbers on the boards is surging in America's hearts. It is. I love this tweet from two hours ago. Put up those numbers on the boards tomorrow. Can't wait for this week's pod. Fun basketball is fun. Aww. I think I think what's happening That's is awesome. Luca is making everybody giddy, and so they're seeking Luca content. And I think you and I are consistently doling out Luca content. So people are like, hey, let's go over there. They're talking about Luca over there. This That's is b- fun. This has been like almost exclusively a Luca podcast since June 22nd or whenever we recorded the post. Welcome party. to the Luca cast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude, we were talking about, man, I was like dreaming of Luca on the Mavs in the months leading up to the draft. Yeah. And on lottery night, I was 
I mean, I had to keep a good face, obviously, because, uh-huh. uh, you know, we're optimistic around here at, at, at Mavs HQ. But whenever they drop from three to five, that pretty much tore a hole in my Luka dreams. Right. And, uh, and, the, was, and the Mavericks, too. Yeah. Like, one day I'll tell all the awesome stories I know about what went on on draft day. I think it's too <laughs> soon. But um, so I wanted in this draft, I wanted a big. Uh, because you did, yeah. We we had a lot of talks about that. Yeah, and I not that I didn't think Luca would be really good. I thought he'd be really good. I didn't think he'd be this. I did. And honestly, the biggest Luca supporters can't tell me they thought he was going to put up Larry Bird numbers walking in the door. Um, so he's he look. It's hard to heap that much praise on a young guy, but he appears to be transcendent, right? Yep. And we're I'm sure we'll talk about the way that Houston game ended, but. That's what it was. When you have vets looking to a 19-year-old to get them the W, that's what that is. The Lakers did it with Magic Johnson. That's what that is. So, But in this draft, I really wanted a big because they're very hard to get. Now, I think the Mavericks were very aware that they were going to go get DeAndre Jordan. and Or that, you know, nothing's done until it's done. But they knew that that was a strong possibility. Um, so... If you had told me that, then I would have been like, okay, yeah, I get it. Luca and DeAndre, that's two great additions. We'll go make the playoffs. But I wanted a big. Uh, I, I think two, three years from now, I think Bomba's going to be stellar. Uh, DeAndre. Jaron Jackson Jr. already is awesome. He's putting up some ridiculous. But look at, look at Jaron Jackson Jr.'s situation. That's ideal. We'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about Jalen Brunson, I'm sure, in this podcast. Oh, but yeah, for sure. That's ideal. Hey, you do some things well. Here's two baller, I mean, baller vets that you're going to play off of. You just worry. Like when Finley joined the Phoenix Suns, you know, Kevin Johnson and Charles Barkley. Hey, that's a great situation for a mid-first-round pick from Wisconsin to walk into. Mm. And so, Jaron Jackson Jr., I think, is probably going to be awesome. But what a great situation for him to be in. Hey, we want you to shoot threes, be athletic, and run the floor. Done. Absolutely. And this is a great situation for Luka, too. Right. You're putting him into a team with a lot of veterans. Yes. So, I mean, I, you talk about the Mavs getting DeAndre. I mean, those were like simultaneous tweets on draft night, basically. The Mavs are trying to get Luka. Yep. And they're trying to get DeAndre. or They're yep. confident that they will. So that kind of let you know their plans of, all right, we're going to get this teenage wing, mm-hmm. put him with our barely not teenage point guard right. next to Matthews, Barnes, Jordan. Finney Smith is young, but he's 26. I mean, mm-hmm. he's three years pro, but he's old. Maxi. 27, Dwight, 26, a bunch of in their prime or, you know, uh, established veterans, yeah. I guess is the way to say it, uh, surrounding these young guys to sort of lead the way, show them the way. And it's no surprise that Luca and Jackson are probably, I wouldn't say your rookie of the year front runners or anything, but they're putting up very good numbers consistently for winning teams, which yeah. usually lottery picks just do not do. No. Now, Memphis is kind of the exception because they are – Perennially a playoff team. They just mm-hmm. had a lot of injuries last year. So right. it's almost unfair that they got Jackson. But, hey, sometimes it better be lucky than good. I haven't looked at the Western Conference standings this morning, but on a normal day you'll look and there may be three or four teams under 500 and three of those teams are one or two games below 500. It is – there's one team that's out of it. It's Phoenix. They're a dumpster fire. And everybody else has a say in this thing. It's nuts. It is cool, though, to look down – and I don't mean sure is. up in the standings. I mean look down in the standings and see all the way down in 14th place, the Houston Rockets. Can I make a prediction? You can. Just a, just a short shorty? Sure. A short shorty? Sure. So the Mavericks are going to go on a brutal West Coast swing. It's a four-gamer that starts, I believe, in Denver next Tuesday. That's 18. All right. When they head out for Denver, 
I predict the Mavericks will be in no worse than sixth place. Wow. Well, here in no worse than sixth place. It might you might be aiming low there. Okay. Honestly. So I mean, I and I don't want to think too far ahead because well, look, Sacramento game, is good. Sacramento yeah. is Sacramento is legitimately good this right. year. Uh, Atlanta has already beat the Mavs. Phoenix has already beat the Mavs. Mm-hmm. So those are your next three opponents. Now, if the Mavs, I think a, a great team wins all three. Mm-hmm. A good team wins two. Yep. And a struggling team does not. <laughs> T- two of those games are at home. Yeah. You need to go at worst two and one. Yeah. And the second, I mean, Phoenix, it is unfortunate at Phoenix, second night of a back to back. You're going to be a little tired. I don't care. I mean, yeah, no, I, I know. I know. I think, I mean, you're. But what they did to you on opening night, you, you better go tan that yeah, high. You got revenge. And same with Atlanta, too. You're yeah. beating Atlanta by 25 in the second, 26 points, basically 12 minutes into the game, and they come back and beat you in a kind of embarrassing fashion i mean they they it's it's a tough demanding stretch of schedule right now with the back-to-back but they have enough motivation i think to to feed an army um so if the mavs take care of business they're 17 and 11 and skin right now they're half a game out of sixth place and and we're recording this on tuesday so i don't know a memphis place tonight or whatever what i'm saying is is three games from now they'll be in no worse than sixth place but you have to have the teams that are ahead of you have to be complicit in that yeah now i looked and Portland's got a few tough games, and, you know, it's it's like you look at the teams ahead of you. I mean, I really honestly believe this. And the, you always, when you make predictions, you make them based on barring major injury. Everybody expects somebody to lose four or five games here and there due to injury. I get all that. But barring major injury, I fully expect this team to be sniffing the four seed. And I also – You're talking though, after, after 78, 80 yes, games? Yes, yes. Now, I also, before you go, okay, Homer, I also think the difference in the four seed and the seven seed will be two or three games. I mean, we said that before the season. Right. You could be a three-game losing streak in March could kick you out of the playoffs. Could drop you out of the playoffs. I mean, it's going to – and, it, and it, it's, it's also, I think, that it'll take fewer wins to get into the playoffs than I thought at the start of the season. It ain't going to be 48. It's going to be 44 because everybody's beating each other up. That's why everyone is so hugged around 500. Yeah. Well, and if you were to make a list of, we kind of did this uh, last time we talked, of the teams that you think are going to start playing better, you'd start with Utah, who's kind of turning it around, and Houston, who they're not turning it around yet, but at starting December 15th, they can make some moves. Uh, those two teams are 13th and 14th. So if the bottom is going to surge, that means somebody on top has to sort of come back down to mm-hmm. earth. And right now, OKC and Golden State, Denver, to a degree, are kind of separating themselves. I think, I think they, they're the, going to stay put. Yeah, the Lakers are picking up steam. They so sure are. Those are your top four teams, and yep. I think you had them as your top four teams coming into the season. So I can't remember if I had Denver in the top four. I, know, I think I had Houston ahead of Denver. Okay, and then Denver like fifth yes. or something. I thought Denver would challenge, so I thought your top five. I thought Denver was outside of those other four. Yeah. But I did think they were your fifth best They're going to be near, yeah. yeah. And so with the Lakers coming – rising and the Clippers kind of falling your top four is OKC Golden State Denver LA after that pure chaos yeah I don't think that's changing anytime soon and then with all due respect to what those teams have done I do not think the Grizzlies or the Clippers are better than the Mavericks I think I think the Maverick I sorry I think the Mavericks are better than the Grizzlies I said that for the season I'm going to stick to that Clippers you can convince me we're in similar spaces um and and I kind of want to get into this with Luca. so there's been younger Mav fans that have, you know, hit me up on Twitter. They asked me, you know, was this, so compare this to Dirk. 
And there's several reasons why this is so much infinitely beyond Dirk. Uh, and I'm not sitting here saying Luke is going to be one of the top 10 scorers of all time. I'm not saying that, you know, longevity is an amazing thing. It depends on how you treat your body. It depends on luck of injuries and it depends on obviously excellence. Dirk had all three of those things, but the reason that Luke is infinitely better than Dirk at 19 and Dirk will tell you as much is I think by the time Dirk, I think by the time we started playing basketball, Dirk was 20. If I remember correctly. Yes. I think he was drafted at 19 and then a few days later turned Yeah, 20. I mean, when he was 19, he was playing for the Versberg X-Rays. Yeah. So then uh, you had the lockout. And then Nelly rolled Dirk out at small forward, and Dirk was unsure of himself and all these things we've talked about a million times. So uh, the game and the confidence, you know, Luca was way better than Dirk. But the other thing that the reason you can't compare this is as brilliant as Dirk is, and he's one of the greatest players of all time. He's the greatest Maverick of all time. You were never going to have Dirk bring the ball up and either run a pick and roll or isolate and create his own shot. That's simply not the type of player he was. Conversely, Kevin Garnett doesn't do that. And Tim Duncan, we're just talking about a different style of player. If you look at the way the game is played now in the modern NBA, because Luka can initiate offense, he quite frankly is a player – that we've never had in the history of our club, the closest thing being Steve Nash, and we didn't even have the best version of Steve Nash. The best version of Steve Nash played in Phoenix. So for those reasons, all hyperbole aside, at the age of 19, Luca is already beyond indifferent any player that we've ever had. Quite frankly, the game was different back then, but if he played in this era... The guy who might have been closest to him was Jamal Mashburn. I could kind of see that a little bit. Because Mashburn could initiate because he had amazing handles. He dribbled really low to the ground, and he would cross up bigger players because they couldn't get low enough to defend him. That was just a different era. He was more of like a pure scorer, less of a facilitator kind of guy, right? Right, right. And obviously, though, I mean, back then it was like, okay, is he a four or a three? Like, it's, it's just a different era. But if you looked, and if Mashburn came along now, I think people would put Mashburn in pick and rolls the same way they do Kevin Durant or a scoring type forward because, dude, his handles were awesome. Yep. He, he was, he, knee injuries destroyed his game. Jamal Mashburn was freaking awesome. But my whole point in saying all this is we've never had this. A guy who can score, a guy who can create at this size, and there's been no better example of that than what we witnessed Saturday night against Houston. The Mavs had scored 10 points in nine minutes. They were going to lose that game if Luka didn't save them, and Luka dropped 11 in less than three. And Luka, to that point, so up until, what, 3.30 left in the game, you look up and you're thinking, we're going to lose to this team. Yeah. Down eight points at home. Yes. They hadn't been playing well. This is supposed to be the week where the Mavericks can gain some ground in the standings, and and you look up and think, what, there's six games over 500? And then you come home against Houston, a team that you just beat by 20 last week, mm-hmm. and they're going to beat you on your own floor because Luka is 3 for 12, 3 for 13, whatever he was. He had 10 points. Everybody was just going to be mad. It's going to be, oh, my God, Luka's struggling. His shooting percentages have been not great the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the last few minutes happens, and he it's hits that corner three inexplicably wide open right in front of the Rockets bench just in right. his own gym, hits the three. And the weird thing about that play, too, if you go back, I don't know if it showed it on the broadcast, but like during the like in between the time whenever someone brought it up the floor 
and when the Mavs started their action. So, like, Luka's not calling for the ball to bring it up the floor, and he's not calling for the ball because he's open. Mm-hmm. In between that, Luka, like, kind of looked at someone and sort of, like, raised his hand a little bit. I don't know what he was doing, but whatever play they ran, he ended up wide open. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it had something to do with what he thought the Rockets' defense was going to do or if he was just saying, I don't want it, you take it, uh-huh. and he just went to the corner. But he, he signaled something and ended up like literally in his own gym. It was crazy. Right, he was wide open. Yeah, I mean, w- truly I'd wide have to open. go back and watch how that play developed because I don't remember how he got that open. Yeah, I'd I, have to go was, back and watch it again. He did not move. He just stood there. I, I don't know if they were overreacting. I think DeAndre might have rolled because uh, the, the, the play was not really – it wasn't dribble penetration out to Luka. They just kind of swung they it swung around it. the arc. Yeah. I, I don't know how it happened. It was really weird. I, I'm assuming that Houston broke down somewhere. I mean, I, I don't know how he got so open, but he did. He makes, basically for him, a corner three is a free throw. Mm-hmm. He makes it next time down, step back. Next time down. Over Capella. Yeah, next time down, muscles, P.J. Tucker. That runner, that was, was the great. toughest shot. That was great. And and it's the way that they defended him, too, changed every time. It reminded so. me a little bit. It was different because he went off a different foot and came from a different angle. But it reminded me of that tough shot he made against Golden State. Yeah. Whenever um, it was, he was ISO against Eurepco, but yeah. that was not off a screen. That was just by himself. Yeah, he. This he, was coming off a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he, he called. He wanted the switch with Eurepco, yeah. and then got over to the left hand side, yeah. and then just drove him at that angle. Yeah. So his first three, the Rockets just switched. Tucker went on DeAndre. Capella stepped out on Luca. Luca hit a really deep step back three. So great. The crowd's going nuts. Next time down, PJ Tucker's not going to let it happen again. This time, instead of setting a screen so to send Luca right, DeAndre sets a screen to send Luca left. Tucker goes over the screen, but Luca pins him on his hip, just rides him all the way to the basket, kind of shrugs off and floats it in. Great play. That's a yeah. I, I want you to further explain that because that's one of the unique things of him is that he loves to get you on his hip because he's so strong. Mm. And if he gets you on his hip, he's going to get to a spot, and you will not get to his shot. So if you're on somebody's hip, if if you as a defender are on somebody's hip, you're basically a dead man walking. Yeah. There's nothing you can do because unless your arms are long enough to reach in and strip the guy clean, which is almost impossible because if you're on his right hip, as Tucker was, he's dribbling with his left hand. Reaching across Yeah, the you body. can't reach around him without fouling him. Yeah. You can't contest his shot because his body is in front of you i mean his hip is a barrier mm-hmm. so tucker was a dead man basically at that point there was he he was better off not even being on the floor but as the offensive player if someone's on your hip you still have to do something to create a little bit of separation right luke is not the quickest guy in the world so a lot of times you'll see point guards like uh chris I'm, paul does it yeah chris paul can do it but he's so quick yeah so he can get you on his hip take a couple slow dribbles, and then dart around the next defender. Luka mm-hmm. doesn't have that type of burst yet. So with Tucker on his hip, Luka had to do something. So he just kind of, like you said, he just outstronged him. He gets you off balance. Yeah, he really just – I mean, he didn't, like, shove Tucker out of the way, but Luka stopped moving and Tucker didn't. Tucker right. just, like, went right past him. What One of the problems is this, especially depending on size and length, is that in order to get not get muscled – because you don't know where the, the offensive player is going, so they have an advantage. In order to not get muscled, you have to get lower to the ground to get a stronger base. When you get lower to the ground, you're further away from the ball and contesting the shot. So you're kind of stuck. Well, like Wesley Matthews doesn't worry about contesting shots on bigger players. He gets that base, and he doesn't let them go where they want to go. So there's different approaches to this. But what Luca does is Luca sizes up the physical traits of the defender – 
and then he sizes up where the help defenders are, and he makes the decisions according to that. A great example is last night in the Orlando game. Jonathan Isaac is very, very long. Super long. Luca had him in the post, and Luca's like, I'm going to work this skinny boy. And let me tell you something. I know all about it. Because when I played skinny boy, I know what guys are going to try to do. They're going to try and back my ass down. Uh, That's exactly what he did to Jonathan Isaac. Usually when he has longer players like that or bigger players, he's going to try to get to a spot away from them. He went straight into him because he knew Isaac doesn't have the weight yet to carry what he's carrying. When he kind of old man. I mean, Isaac is his age. In fact, Isaac might even be older than Luca. Yeah, he probably is. And Luca still old manned him. He pump faked about three times, drew a foul. And dude, and that was the last time Isaac guarded Luca all night. He went right into his effing chest. Yeah, he really did. I Um, mean, it's these are things that you see a thirty year old do. Yeah, right. This is what this is what Dirk became when he was like twenty eight, thirty years old. You know, we should probably do. We should probably ask one of the greatest defensive players in NBA history what he would do if he had to cover Luka Doncic, and we'll do it right now. That's going to be a tough question to answer. So you're coming in. Oh, no, this one right here. You're coming in. uh, I mean, you could wear the headset if you want. No, he doesn't want to wear that. (laughs) Let's do a mic check on, on Matrix. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, you sound great. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Marion. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Man, I'm awesome, man. You know, I'm just running some, some errands this morning, trying to, get, trying to get pack up my house and all kinds of stuff, man. You know, it's a, it's a pain packing, dude. It's Wait, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, you're you're packing the, the, the crib here in town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I got to move out of it this week. You know what I'm saying? Let me turn my phone off. That's okay. Man. If you want to pop man. whoever's calling you on. Yeah. That's, oh. that's the life of a superstar. He just pulled, like, 15 phones <laughs> out of his pocket. How they're many phones all, are in all there? They're all charging remotely okay. everything. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, man. You know, God, God is good, baby. God is good. <laughs> All the time, man. Hey, All the so time. you just walked up on a Luca conversation. Yes. You've seen him a couple times. So how does a guy like Sean Marion, one of the best defensive players ever, how do you go about defending a guy like Luka Doncic? What would you be thinking? Um, you know, um, just watching him, he's, he's just so, he's so poised right now. He's so poised. He has a, he has a, he has a tempo to the game that uh, – that he's very comfortable with that, you know what I'm saying, and watching him play. You know, I, 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 um, I, I got to watch him play the other night against uh, Houston and I, up close and personal. You know, I've seen him play. You know, don't get me wrong. I've been in a few games this season already. And, uh, but I've seen something last game that he's been doing for most of the season already. But I've seen, it, I've seen him do something that, that, that elevated him just a little bit higher. And uh, he literally took over the game that fourth quarter, the last couple minutes of the game, he went on an 11-0 run by himself. I was like, did he really just do that? I was just sitting there watching, and I was like, this this kid is really special. You know what I'm saying? He's really special. And, uh, you know, you, know you, can't, you can't really compare and contrast to what he did overseas, really, because it's, it's not the NBA. You know what I'm saying? But with, with that being said, though, and what didn't happen throughout this, this offseason is kind of kind of took the, everybody by storm and the NBA by storm is that – uh, I guess kind of what you could say, defense is relevant right now. It's thrown out the door. <laughs> so it, it is. So that's why, you know what I'm saying, you know, we got, we got more scoring, more threes. You know, the, the pace of the game is at all-time high, of, and it's crazy. You know, it's teams are scoring more because ain't nobody guarding nobody, of course. But it's just like, it's just like, a, like you shoot, I shoot. Who, who, whoever going to score the most is going to win the game. It's, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? 
if you go on the scoring you out, you're going to lose. <laughs> it's that, that simple. It really, it really is. Because ain't nobody really playing no defense. It's like a it's what they say, Olay defense out there, and then the lane is completely open. Ain't nobody blocking shots anymore. <laughs> and it's crazy. But that's why you see the, the separation of some of the teams that are playing defense, really, really playing defense, though, versus the ones that are not. And, you know, with that being said, though, he – I go back to Luca though. Luca is he's he's special. I liked. I, I was like I was highly impressed with that 11-0 run he did. I've seen him hit a couple big shots in some games, and he's I guess he's by far our best fourth quarter player mm-hmm. for the season right now. So I mean he he had some big shots, and and you know the easiest shot he had through that 11 run was the one in the corner. Yeah. The other ones, man, he he got the switch and and took advantage of his man and hit them with the step back and twice. And then got to the back it, basket, and you know what I'm saying. They built on a pump fake, and then got the you know saying got the little nice little shot in the lane. So I was just like, wow, you know. And because for the most part of the game, he was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I think I think the more he he plays, and uh, I feel like uh, I feel like it's, 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 he definitely got room for improvement. Of course, everybody, every young player does. But you no, know, he's in a he's a good position. I think if he and I know he's gonna keep working hard. He got we got a great staff here. They're gonna keep working with the game. He keep learning the game and, and seeing things out there. He can capitalize on. He gonna. I mean, if he, if he if he's doing what I think he's doing, which is being a gym rat and a book rat and, and just watching video consistently, there's no telling what he can do. I mean, Scott's the limit for him. I wish. I mean, like right now, he's he's setting the foundation to to be a really nice, a really a, a nice to to personally and maybe a great NBA player. Mm-hmm. One thing you said that that he has is a tempo to the game. And Skin yeah. and me, we play at one speed slow. <laughs> and we watch the NBA, we see one speed fast. But what do you mean by he's got his own tempo to the game? So so he, he go at his own pace. So he, he knows how – he knows that the NBA game is fast and slow. It's, it's mediocre. It's whatever. He has his own pace that already developed. He knows how to get to where he wants when he wants to get to it. So with that being said – he doesn't. He's not. He's not really a fast player. So like he plays at a tempo that's comfortable for him, and he knows how to 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 use it and access it well on a point. Gets to where he want to be on the floor, and uh, you know I've seen a couple of times where he didn't he didn't feel 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 comfortable at times. He'd throw it back and get it back and reset. You know, which is great. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times when you come in, young players are fast, 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 fast. Everything is fast. It's all one pace. He don't. He's not really fast. So like, he has a pace that he just stays at. He knows his. He knows his tempo. You know what I'm saying? And it's interesting. You know, as I said, you just gotta watch it and you learn. That's the more. The more I, I got, got, got comfortable with my game as well, though, and it, it, it helped me as well. You know, what yeah. say something I recognize and something that you do. And and um, but I played. So one thing about me, I can, I can honestly say this though, and I'm looking at the game right now because everybody. I was just in uh, New York, and uh, I did. I did a. Uh, a thing for the NBA with me and Muggsy Bugs. Oh, so, cool. Oh, nice. So okay. we did something okay. for Norwegian Airlines. It was really cool, man. So we sitting on a plane. And, you ever uh, been to Norway? No, no. Okay. Well, no. maybe you should. Maybe you should go. Uh, I mean, I got Cuban motivation. loves you. We could take the podcast to Norway, Let's and that way, me it. and Bobby could come with you. I'm, I'm game. I'm Cuban okay. will fund that. I know right. he will because right. he loves tricks. Yeah. I'm game. I'm game. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> Let's go to so, Oslo. So I'm sitting there like, uh, like we sitting there having these conversations. It's real, real talk, you know. And you know, Muggsy. But he played at a time where you know it was really physical. Yeah, and he did it, he did something that for his size that was unprecedented. You know what I'm saying? So we, I'm like, dude. So we both putting ourselves in the, in the game right now, and what, how how effective he would be right now versus me as well. And I was like, you know, I mean, this is like what I did for my size during my generation. When it, when an era that I played in an era, basically the majority of my era, it was dominated by bigs, mm-hmm. power forwards, power forward centers. Basically controlled the league at the time. 
Now you're in a league now is guard heavy. Yeah. It's all guard heavy. So every team has they, they are led by their two guards, either the point guard, shooting guard, or vice versa, one guard or both guards. You know what I'm saying? So think about that. Look at all the rosters. So when you look at the team in the NBA's now and all of these teams and looking at all the rosters, I was like, Muggsy, I'm like, what do you do right now? Like, how, how good are you right now? He's like, man, Sean, you know, because a lot of guards don't post up anyway. So everything is off the dribble and they want to shoot jumpers and catch shoot. So with him, it makes it a little easier because ain't no, ain't no shot blocking either. No bigs blocking shots. So he can be able to get to the hole. Look at so JJ. JJ can, JJ can get his yeah. own shot off. Anyway. JJ, JJ goes JJ, prime example. JJ learned, he knows to get to where the spots to get to and how to kiss up the glass at certain angles and, and just hit his, hit his fadeaway. He gets that little extra space. But – Look at Mosey. Mosey was shorter than JJ. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But doing it, uh, you know what I'm saying, and doing it where or a time where we had monsters, like really big guys now. These big our big guys now are shooting threes. Yeah. Like they come on, you gotta if you really just sit there and think about the game is look at look at film from back then when he played to now. It's not even close. It's nine days. It's not even top, it's not even nowhere near the physicality. The game is nowhere near as close as it was. Now, they did score some points back points back then, you know what I'm saying? But it was so physical. You can hand check. Mm-hmm. You can guide people where you want to go. Oh, they cut all that stuff. I didn't play. I didn't even play in that era. So I think I could have, you know what I'm saying, easily. But, you know, when you talk about veteran players that uh, that actually we, we all automatically assume we can play in every era. If, yeah. Especially if, you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're that confident in yourself. <laughs> right. But certain guys couldn't. Or it couldn't have been inspected. But I think I could have I would have had a great time. Did you ever have to defend Muggsy? Did you guys did your careers overlap? So You would have no. been a baby when so Muggsy was, was checking out. I was yeah. when he was checking yeah. out. I was a baby when he checked out. Okay. Yeah, I was a baby. I was coming in and he was getting ready to go out. He was on his way out. Yeah. It would be so tough to try and stay in front of a five foot two guy. I mean, you know what? So so you know my, my philosophy when I'm guarding somebody smaller than me, just cushion myself. Give him a little bit because it's gonna take him three steps to get my one step. You know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a little space, baby. <laughs> and you know what, man? If they end up, uh, if they end up shooting that jumper, you got the length to close out on them and contest yeah. the shot and Absolutely. basically do whatever you. Oh, want. Oh yeah, I can block that easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's. The, that's, the <laughs> that's funny. So when you guys were uh, during the championship run and you know that time period. How often would you guys uh, – I, kn- I know practice time is practice time, but how many times, like, would you ever play one-on-one with J.J., for example? <sighs> Did I ever play one-on-one with J.J.? Maybe once every blue moon. Me and Dirk played one-on-one during practice, though. That was one of our – so during our run, we did that a lot. Me and Dirk, because, because Dirk was going to have to guard small, small fours, and I was going to have to be guarding power fours. So we had that tandem, and we played one-on-one. We, had, we was going at it. We had some fun. I bet. Yeah, it was fun. I have so many – I'm sorry to cut you off, but I have so many memories of you defending Dirk in those Phoenix-Dallas series. Mm-hmm. Those were, like, amazing matchups. Man, it was, it, we used to go at it. You know, people – so, you know what's funny, though? I was sitting there and I was looking – I, I went to the NBA offices last week for the first time in New York and um, in Sue Caucus, and I, I got to see – got to go through the archive. I got to go through the archive, the photo archive and the video archive. And I didn't get a chance to do as many videos because it's, it's like – it's a tedious process, and you can be there for days. Right. Because I played a long time, and, yeah. you know, I got so much stuff there. But I started looking at some of the pictures early in my career, and I've I seen some of the pictures during the championship run as well, but I was looking at some of the matchups and some of the players I played against. Man, you talking about, talking about man, guys I haven't seen in probably 15 years that, that I got to play against and played against, and, and some of them are some of them are either coaching and some of them are not. Some of them are not even around basketball at all. Right. And it's just, it's just crazy when you think about the – 
the, the, the longevity and, and just the reminiscing on all the past games of me playing against uh, like Dirks. The, I mean, you can go Kevin Garnett and all yeah. that stuff. Because you, you were like the small ball four. Sometimes, yeah. heck, sometimes you're a five if Amari went to the bench when you were in Phoenix. Well, yeah, yeah it depends. So I, actually, I didn't play five a lot then. I play a lot of four. I always play four. Mm-hmm. I went to three a little bit. But I always kind of play four because and I played – I stayed on the floor the whole time. Yeah. You know, we had backup centers that came in when Amari got in foul trouble or vice versa. But D'Antoni didn't play his bench. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I, I literally played – I played the whole game. That's the time I was averaging, what, 42 minutes a game. You know what I I'm want, saying? I want our listeners to go to the Phoenix Suns basketball reference page and scroll down to the bottom of the all-time leaders, and I swear Trix is in about 20 of those categories. <laughs> like, you are it's, – it's blocks and steals and points and rebounds. and I mean, you are all over yeah. that thing. Yeah. It's all tricks all the time over there on the <laughs> Phoenix Suns reference. Let's page. have – do you want to have a little, little trivia question? Sure, man. Where do you think, Sean Marion, that you rate all-time in – let's find the leaders. Sorry. Winning percentage? Win run, <laughs> probably uh, way up. Let's there. go. Let's go. Uh, minutes played, all time Suns history. This is a franchise that has been around since what nineteen. I'll do. They're in the finals in the seventies, man. The sixties. Colangelo, no, back in the day. I remember. Yeah, minutes uh, played. Where do you rank with Suns? Suns all time. Uh, I know it's top three, three or four. You rank second. Really? Behind only Alvin Adams. Wow. Yeah, you beat Alvin uh, Adams, by the way, played w- – or I mean, he might have played with Terry Stotts at Oklahoma. Wow, okay. I think. That's you, possible. Mavs yeah, connections. you have to go back and look at that. Yeah, you beat, uh, you beat out Dick Van Ardsdale by about 700 minutes. You beat Kevin Johnson by 900 minutes. You so. were never off the floor, dude. When no. you were there, they had you playing the whole yeah, game. because you were only there for what, probably eight years? Eight and a half years. Eight and a half years, and you played 24,000 minutes. Oh, my God. Damn, telling you, man. Even the even the big minute guys now play like thirty five. You're playing, I mean, you're playing three thousand minutes a season. That's ridiculous. Forty one point six minutes. You played eighty one games in two thousand three. How do those, joint, how do those joints feel? Forty two minutes a game. Huh? <laughs> how do the joints feel? You oh, feel, I feel it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel it now. Do you That's wish like, that you would only played thirty two, or I mean, do you do you like? You know what though? The, uh, you know what you, you what you're saying is is, is crazy interesting because. It, um, like I said, my rest in peace, my agent, he used to have this always this comparison. He said, you know, you're like a car. Sooner or later you're gonna break down. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if you you know, say so you're gonna need a you know, like you you're you're uh you're gonna need a starter here or there. You might, <laughs> might need some new brake pads. You just don't wanna deal with a new transmission. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, new transmission or new yeah, you just don't have to put a new engine in it. But sooner or later you break down. It's just like over time it is, you know, you can you know, you can you can you can keep oil changing your car all the time, tune ups and Keep it regular service, but sooner or later something something gonna gonna break down. It's right. just part of it. So that's why he used the reference about our bodies and stuff, and, and then slowly but surely it actually started happening. And that was the biggest reason I I kind of walked away. I could have probably played maybe a couple more years, but like me playing so many minutes heavy in my career, early in my career, which I didn't mind. I didn't care. I, I just wanted to play. I yeah. love the game. So it it actually towards the end of my career, like the the, the, little, the little ankle sprains or little minor tweaks that turned into. Instead of being a four or five day situation, you turn into a two week, two or three week situation. Right. You know? And I had an injury my last season in Cleveland, and I had a hip, hip problem. I, should, I mean, when I say my, it was hurt. It was killing me. And it was kind of the same thing I had in Dallas prior, and it was just like it wouldn't, it wouldn't go away though. Mm-hmm. Like I, we tried different, different techniques and different, different stuff, but we didn't do the same thing that we did here. But uh, it was just interesting. I, I ended up having to get injections. 
and it still took about a little bit for it to work to to kick, kick in effect and then go away. Mm-hmm. But man, when I tell you, uh, it, I was out for about a bit. I'm gonna say at least six weeks or so. It, it was it was it was, when, it was when painful. You, when four, you four, got to at least at least a month or so, yeah. When you got to April, were you like, man, this is my last year? Did you just know before the season ended? I know when it started, kind of somewhat, because I just feel like you know I had a newborn son mm-hmm. and. And I, I won a championship already, and I was like, you know, what am I playing for right now? You know, am I playing for my legacy? Am I playing for anything? And I was like, I'm not playing for the money. I wasn't playing for the money. So um, it was more about seeing if I can win another championship. Right. And and um, and just just a just another another year, just to gradually go into retirement. You know what I'm saying? I knew it. I just knew it was time. My body was telling me like, yo, you know, you did this long enough. This time, I'm at peace, I was at peace with myself. I was like, I, that's why I announced it kind of during the preseason or whatever, and uh, early in the season. I was like, this is it. You know what I'm saying? I just, I was like, I, I don't need to be putting up with some of the stuff that goes on. And I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. You know, it's just time, for, you know, I'm at peace with it. And um, it's time for me to walk away. It's time for me. I, I, didn't, I didn't gave the game where I can give it. You know, I think I left a leg. I think I left a great, great staple on it. I did something that I don't think nobody from my side is going to ever do. You know, and, um, and that's why I feel about it. So I think, uh, you know, what more do I need to say? I think it was just it. I Top mean, billing. Yeah. Yep. So yep. so last night was Dwayne Wade's last ever game against LeBron. Yeah. Obviously, those guys great friends. Are you going to play a postseason? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I don't think the Heat are going to be in the finals yeah, we'll, is what they we'll were saying see. last night. We'll right? see. No. <laughs> no. Final regular season game. I'll put it that way. Against LeBron. Uh, obviously, those guys, Dwayne, great career. Uh, you know, they won a, a bunch of championships together. But uh, – you had obviously many great battles against Wade in your career. Just what do you remember about having to guard and him? And teammates, for yeah, 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 for sure. For year. Yeah, uh, you know, D Wade was a very special player. You know, I think, um, you know, um, I used to tell him you need to stop hitting the floor because sooner or later them, them, them floors going to start that floor going to start hitting back. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. But uh, but for the most part, man, you know, he's a great teammate. We had a great little stint, and, and uh, I went to, when I got traded to to Miami. They was one. They had one of the worst records. In the league at the time, I went from the actually they had the worst record in the league at the time. I went from the best record, winning the winningest team in the league, to the worst record team in the league. Oh at the time, Eastern Conference. But did you get traded for Shaq? Yeah, Is that what that yeah, was? Yeah. Okay. So Shaq. So me and Shaq swapped, and then um, so I'm out there. I'm like, oh, oh man, they they they, they can't win. This is not happening. So at the time, I was already I was already fighting through player fasciitis in my foot. Mm-hmm. I was just playing through it. And I was like, we ain't winning, we ain't doing, we ain't making the playoffs, we ain't losing. It was like, well, you know what? If you're hurting like that, you know, just go and sit the rest of the season out. So I, I was, I was gonna be a free. I mean, I, I had option to extension that summer too as well. So they was like, I said, I, I got this treatment. That, that stuff works too, and it hurt, but it works. It's called a shock treatment. It's crazy how you do it, but sounds it, it's crazy. Bad. It's painful. <laughs> it sounds bad. It's painful, but it, it works though. So. Uh, I did that, and then offseason came. I became a free agent, but BND was close because D from Chicago. So, like, what happened was uh, he was looking for a place to live. Uh, to play. And I ended up getting him a place kind of where I live at currently, and um, kind of he could find him a place in there, and it was cool. He was in there. He was in there for about two or three years because he travels so much in the summertime, just as well as I do. And uh, but uh, he, he, it was like he didn't see no purpose in keeping it though. It was just like a waste of money for him because it's like he's always spending time in more in Miami. So right, but he ended up getting rid of it. He had about three or four years and then sold it. But uh, we became really cool and we did some stuff together and um, well, we still really cool right now. And uh, we uh, we chop up here and there and uh, to, to see what he's done and lo- he he left a great staple for a two guard in the game though. Very special, very dynamic. 
very unique. And, uh, you know, he, he's probably one of the top – well, top I – mean, he's by far a top five two guards in the league. I mean, it's league. like Kobe and Jordan and then probably him. It's possible yeah. two guard, yeah. I mean, some people like Clyde Drexler. Mm. Uh, but if you look at – Depending on what you consider Jerry West. Do you count, do you West, count Vince uh, as a two guard? Not two, though. That's a good question. But, you know, even if I do count Vince as a two, I think Dwayne Wade – has had more highs than Vince has. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because he had more championships. Right, right. We're, we're splitting hairs on awesomeness. Like, yeah. when you get to that time, you're like, oh. I well, mean, I certainly like, like Vince more than – Yeah, it's – oh, <laughs> no, my God. No, I like, no disrespect to D-Wade. No, but so Vince, Vince, Vince is a great dude. He's a two-guard. Okay, and, but that's that thing about saying, a short yeah, career, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, does, it does bring up the point of, like, you know, when everyone starts, like, going, well, who's the greatest? I look at that list and go, hell, I'll win with any one of those guys. Bring them on. Whichever one you take, I'll gladly Right, right, right. Yeah, very special. You know, he's let's just say he's top five all time. Yeah, by far. Two I, I, I hear you, and and I hated Dwayne Wade for a long time because of the Maverick angle, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I, you know, I felt like he disrespected Dirk and all this stuff. But it's like I have this tendency when like a player that I it was my enemy or whatever is a fan when they get older in their career and I see what they go through and I look at the whole legacy, I just I can't help but you know, put my guard down and be like, all right, I can't be the hater fan anymore. Yeah. It's just I have nothing but respect for what that dude has done. So, you know, it's interesting you say that because I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking you're going back to the, to the championship year, right? And you're talking about you had a, yeah. a bad tooth. So, so, with that being said, though, you was on the media side. So, being yeah. on the media side, though, you 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 take the media approach from it and then you want to – you just want to be defensive. You know what I'm saying? Demonize you, that you guy. Wanna, you want to take something little and blow it out of proportion. Yeah, though, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So, some, guy, some things that, that – Guys, we joke about just being sarcastically funny and just trying to make an excuse or just kind of blow out of proportion. Y'all take it from here to here. Yeah. You know, so y'all elevate it. And that's what sometimes it, it sucks for us being players because a lot of little things are made big things and the big things are made small things depending on what your situation is. And it's all strategically placed and how you want to do it and what you want to attack. And it's up to y'all to decide on what you want to attack. So with that being said, you know, like I said, you know, I, you know, I was being sarcastic. I think when I said this, when we won the championship, and after we, after we won, we had a lockout, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, when we come in, I was like, I felt like, you know, what I'm saying we we wasn't giving respect. We did because we just we just did something that nobody expected us to do, and we did it awesomely. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Excuse my French. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you know, what I mean, just as the NBA champions, you know, what I'm saying I bought saying it sarcastically. If you know anything about yeah, me, yeah, 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 you're right. Because I right. said I was like, y'all, you call it like the defending champs. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Yeah. Like, it kind of because it kind of got brushed under the table. Yeah. Because of that lockout. I mean, and it was like, it wasn't like we had one in a shortened season. They kept, we won it in a regular season. Yeah. I mean, shortened season, probably a little easier to get a championship. Even though right. you do it, you do it. But right. It's still a little easier because it's not the, 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 the rigorous ups and downs of a full season. You know, you do it in a 30-40 game season. I mean, like, it's half the season, so shit. Even though you want to talk about the floor hitting back, you played three games in a row, like three nights in a row, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that was that tough. Was crazy. Four that games was tough. six nights. That was tough. But you know what? But, but guess what? Seasons, that wasn't it all started after. Right after Christmas. But look, you know what's funny, though? So, a lot of that reason that season happens because guys couldn't hold out and need, need the money, though. You know what I'm saying? And right. that's that's really what I mean. You want to think of the bigger picture. Checks aren't going to cash themselves. No, no. So like guys is like they couldn't. Some of the guys was free agents that was going that that, that, that they was that last year on a big deal. They didn't know they were going to get they were going to get again. It was like, well, you know, we going to get this money again. I was like, man, I got to come back and get some of this money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> I was like y'all tripping. Uh, so like, you were just talking about uh, Chicago. Dwayne Wade is from Chicago. Another guy who's on Chicago is on the Mavs now. Jalen Brunson, yeah, rookie. Yeah. He's 21, 22, but yeah. he plays like he's about 34. Poised. Uh, Poised. 
Is that because his daddy was in the league, or are we putting too much credence on that? I mean, it, it could be some. He could he could have rubbed off some. But I don't I don't remember how good his father was though. He I mean he was one he was kind of like almost like Carlisle like just hanging on at the end of. But then he uh, coached in the league. He was yeah, on yeah. staff. Yeah. And, so like the one thing uh, he did, you if you watched him playing in basketball last year, you see how poised and how controlled he was of the team. You yeah. Know, like why you want why you think they won a championship? Right. He won, he won two. He won two. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So like. He knows how to control a team. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He he, he plays. He has, he has his own pace too. He doesn't play faster than what he don't, and he doesn't try to do anything he can't do. Right. So look at look. So that's very smart for a young guy to come in. And he, look at it. He's he's seasoned. He's already. He might be like I said in the draft. I think everybody said he might be the most pro ready guard that got drafted this yeah. season because he's he's already knows he knows how to run a team. And yep. he, he just knows how to control the tempo of the game. Last night in the post game interview, Wesley Matthews slipped up and called him a vet. <laughs> and then immediately caught himself was like, well, he's got a vet game. Yeah, yeah. But it was like that whole thing about yeah. – He's still got that rookie backpack, you, though. You said it earlier. Guys yeah. come into the league and they're go, 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 go. Yeah. He doesn't do that. No. He's got his own flow to the game. I think, uh, his, like I said, his pace is the same. I mean, the same as Luca. You know what I'm saying? When you think about you know what I'm saying, him coming in there and just trying to not do too much but do exactly what he needs to do and stay and don't, and don't hurt you. His backup – Don't hurt you. and Don't hurt you. You know what I'm saying? His backup was drafted ahead of him – because of potential as opposed to what he's already done and what he's already showed you. Yeah. you know? That's some crazy stuff. A lot of, stuff is, a lot of guys get dropped on potential, but a lot of times never, them guys never meet that potential. You know what I'm saying? And they, they come, they come, they may sniff a part of it. Yeah. Some of them never even sniff. They only, they, they, they get like a little, that's it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't no, now when you, when you get guys that got potential like that, like he got already, Brunson has already, you go, <laughs> I'm still sniffing. I'm still sniffing. <laughs> Inhale. I'm still sniffing. Uh, I think at, I lost my breath. <laughs> at the game last night was one of your teammates. Jay from, Kidd. Uh, yeah, Jason Kidd. We, in the building. Who, he's yeah, in, I he's mean, in the building right now, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is. I was supposed to go talk to him right now. He was. They was in the coaches' meeting. I didn't want to oh, okay. barge in there. I was like, okay, I'm going to be professional right now and give him, give him a piece. No, you'd we'll, barge in on the meeting. But we'll, so We'll wrap this up in a few minutes, and then you go talk to him. Yeah, yeah. So, so J-Kid, after the – so he, he came back for the lockout season, uh, 2011-12, and then signed with New York, played there for one year, immediately coached Brooklyn, and then ended up coaching Milwaukee. And he's finally just now like a free agent, basically, for the first time since he left Dallas. Uh-huh. So we haven't really seen him around here. And obviously you've been around. Uh, Jason Terry has been around. He's doing pregame and postgame now mm-hmm. with you guys. Uh, so, you know, we, and Dirk is still in the league. And J.J. too, obviously. Yeah. But uh, it's get our the first band back time. Together. Yeah, it's our <laughs> first time getting to see J-Kid around here. So what was that like for you to get to, to, get to revisit those old memories with him? Well, you know, I tried to talk to J-Kid. And when he was coaching in Milwaukee, I was going over there to see him. Okay. Oh, yeah. So I drive up there, for, and I'm like, I'm coming up there to see you, man, and uh, go up there and talk to him, watch the game, and and uh, talk to him for a little bit after the game, and so spend some time with him. And, you know, you know, Jake has always been, I've been one of my uh, one of my favorite players and one of my favorite teammates. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy because I came in with Jake. I was gonna say you guys. Yeah, he took me under his wing. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, like literally, like <laughs> he taught me how to be a professional athlete. He's one of the guys on my teammate, my teammates that my first rookie season that taught me how to be. Was a pro. was he traded for Steph the rookie yeah. year or the second next year? year? Second, second year. year. Okay. Yeah, I played two seasons with Jake. Kidd. Yep. Okay. So, so that's the thing. You know, he taught me how to be a pro. I mean, like he did. He did some of the things that these young guys who come in feeling self entitled and all that stuff don't do. Like ask questions and. And wanna, I want to hug a veteran. I want to be like, what are you doing? What do you do? How do you do? How did you? How did you? How did you uh, be in the league so? How, how did you stay around the league so long? Mm-hmm. How did? What? What is your work ethic? What did? What did you do differently 
to to make yourself last in this league. You know what I'm saying? And do I have the potential? And and can I can I be this good? You know what I'm saying? Or, Ask, ask questions. What do you What do you see? What do you think? What do you think of my game? You know what I'm saying? How can I get better? Help me. Just ask a few questions. And also, don't forget that. If you don't want to ask, just be around them. Mm-hmm. It, it'll rub off on you. Soak it in, baby. It, yeah, it rub off on you. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like I'm trying to pour my blessings onto you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, seriously, like, being around them and, and seeing how they take – how they carry themselves on the court and off the court, take care of their families, all that stuff, it, it rubs off on you. You know what I'm saying? Fortunately enough, I didn't ever have family throughout my old career. I never got married. I had a girlfriend a couple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple <laughs> girlfriends. But, now you have lots of girlfriends. Uh, <laughs> I have no girlfriends. But um, but at the same time, though, like, that's, the, that's the part of the game people sometimes uh, take for granted and don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, like, take it in. Soak it up, man. Like, be like a sponge. Like, I, I mean, I went to every veteran house on my team, mm-hmm. everybody's house. I hung mm-hmm. with all my veterans. Because I was like, look. What do you do? I mean, like, I want to. I, I just want to know. I just want to learn. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting there. Just, I'm just trying to take it in, and it's really, it's really crazy now because the money that they're making now, back to when I was making, is nowhere. It's like three times or four times as much. Right. So like, coming to the league now, you're a rookie making five million dollars. You starting with five million dollars a year. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, uh, I made. I think I made one, one three or something like that my first year. So. You know, you're going to have the taxes and all that stuff. It's, 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 it's a really nice income. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Of course. But, but you still have to be kind of careful with you it. You got to be careful. You know? Yeah. You know, I, I can't be coming in there. I, I go in, I'm driving to the locker room, the stadium. Excuse me. I'm, I'm seeing Ferraris. I'm seeing Lamborghinis. I'm right. seeing Porsches. I'm seeing all these high end. I'm seeing the H1 that's unbelievable. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Man, listen, I had me, you know what I did? I had me a dealership deal. <laughs> I, I had two of them. I had one at Dodge, Jeep, and Chrysler, and then I had one at Cadillac. So I had two demos, and then I already had bought a car because mm-hmm. it was it was pre pre draft or pre pre NBA. You know, you everybody get that first car before yeah. you get drafted because you know you're going to get. Right. But yeah, but. And I ain't drive that much. I drove the demos, man, all the time. I drove the demos. Uh-huh. I put miles on them cars. I ain't put none on them. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I had three cars, but it was it was free. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So, but yeah, but like, man, you come in now, you get that itch because, like, you know, as much as we are, as, as much as we compete on the court, sometimes you try to compete a little bit off the court. Yeah, it carries over. And like, guys coming in there with them car, I'm like, okay, you got that? I'm gonna get this to it. You know what I'm saying? I feel bad for rookies in card games with dudes that are making crazy money. They play these card games and they losing. Ooh. Yeah, that ain't it cool. It could be hefty. That's I, why you hear about those fights on airplanes and stuff is because those <laughs> pots get a little too high. That's because more people be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We we I've had some instances. I can I can reminisce on some of the stories I've seen early in my career with gambling on a plane and alcohol and stuff. It don't mix. Yeah, right. You know, it don't mix. Right. I mean, it's too much money to be out there gambling. <laughs> there's there's, not, a, there's you know not a lot of gambling going on in the back of the plane with with us media guys. No, Sefco is uh, not involved in high stakes card no, games. No, no, not at all. Not at all. We we can't. Plus a friendly to. poker. You know, yeah. a friendly poker game of a fifty a fifty hundred dollar buy in. It's just a friendly game. You sure. Know it, it, how much? Fifty or hundred dollars. Fifteen dollars. No, fifty or a hundred. Oh, fifty or a hundred. I thought you said fifteen hundred, and I was no, like, yeah, it's still. So you buy and you can get back in. So that's a friendly game, especially on the plane. You know, yeah. I mean, for us, I mean, that's still a lot of. A hundred bucks is yeah. friendly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for a, for a two-hour flight, you know, what I'm saying you buy it for hundred. You know, what I'm saying it's a friendly game. You know, what yeah. I'm saying poker. Yeah. Because if you got if you able to get two tables together, you got eight people playing. Mm-hmm. It's actually a good game. It's a cool game. So it's eight hundred dollars in the pot, mm-hmm. and then when it's all said and done, if no, if Wherever you got left in your money of whoever wins, you keep it going to alpha or you just 
break it up. If you win, if I want, if I'm up three four hundred dollars, just get your money. You know what I'm saying? When if the rookie wins the whole pot, then the rookie can buy you dinner tomorrow hey. night. That sounds great. There you go, Rook. <laughs> There Sounds you go, great. Jalen Brunson. Yeah, well, I would never. I would never. That's another thing I would never do. If I'm a rookie with me, I would never let a rookie pay me yeah. by meal. Even now, I'm with I'm with my OGs now. My old even guys who played before me. I'm never. I'm never letting them pay. You know, I was with Muggsy. It took me, me and Muggsy went to dinner after our little event in New York last week. I was like, Oh man, I got you, OG. Don't worry about. It. Yeah. I got you, man. You know what I'm saying? We, we played really in a do. good era of money. I mean, yeah. it's getting ridiculous <laughs> now, but you, you were in a good era. I was okay. Yeah. You, was you hit okay. those TV contracts pretty okay. good. I was okay. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I say the lot of them. I say a lot of it though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. We we've got to go to Norway with Sean. If oh he's my not, god, yeah, not letting us pay at all. Well, but you know, they go everywhere though. You know, they fly everywhere now. They fly here in the states a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they partnered with the NBA, and um, actually, they got um, they one of the sponsors for the for the game in London. This oh year. yeah, cool. I'm gonna be there. Nice, be there okay. For the game in London. Hey, uh, you gonna join us again sometime? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was meant to be a couple other times, but I just you know saying you kind of you know this is my this is my joint anyway. <laughs> the Sean Marion joint. It is. It's, that's what's up. That's uh, what's up with yeah. the Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just, you know, if I need to, I can, uh, we can, we can do it. Just, we can call me sometimes. I mean, we used to do a call. I know it's kind of harder, but it's better to be here face to face because it's just that, yeah, but you, you know, connect. We we can you connect. vibe, you connect. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're welcome anytime. Yeah. Anytime is skinning me. Let's go. Uh, we before we get you out of here, any, any, uh, any final words, any final hot takes? I mean, right now, we didn't want 10 straight home games, huh? Yeah. That's, we did that. We didn't do that when we won the championship. The last, it was nine, I think, was the biggest was stretch during the championship year. Uh, but last time we did 10 straight home games in 08. Yep. Hey, let's keep it going. You know, it's going to be an interesting test tomorrow, you know, because I think we have a – I think we have a – some kind of – I don't know if it's a, a down spread, but when we play teams that have really, really high paces, it give, gives us problems. Because mm-hmm. we we're not really a fast team. But Atlanta is – I think regardless of their record – their pace is number three or four in the NBA. Well, and this weekend, Sacramento, same way. They played oh, fast. Yeah. fast. Hey, and they're playing good. Yeah, they are. They're playing good. That young fella up there, the little guard. Aaron. Oh, whoo. He's, no yeah. he's yeah. a real – he ain't got that three ball. He yeah. coming up. He can pull he – he's pull, he can shoot that – he can shoot it about – about 30 feet out now yeah. with no problem. He and, then, man, he attacks a pick and roll. He sees that angle he's, and he goes. He's so good. He goes. I mean, left-handed guards always are, are so so tricky and wicked, man. <laughs> they put James hard being wicked, lefty. That's a you good know word. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like this is something because it's not traditional and it's like very rare. It's right. like them guys, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so tricky and wicked, that could be tricked or wicky. Yeah. <laughs> if you just combine them joints. Hey, yes. Very nice. All right. Well, keep your eyes on De'Aaron Fox. Keep your eyes on Trey Young and hey, DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix, too. It's going to be a good week of Mavs basketball. Hopefully it's three dubs for the Mavs. Uh, Sean Marion, thank you for joining us. No problem. No Appreciate problem. you. Tricks. He is the legendary Sean Marion. He's the legendary Skin Wade. Uh, you, I'm the average uh, Bobby Corella. Don't sell yourself <laughs> That's short, That's what's Bob. up. Don't, don't do it. Don't say it. Yeah. Stick that chest out, homie. I'll be a legend someday. Ooh. How about that? I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm on the rise. Hey, I'm you got to crawl before you walk, baby. That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm crawling right now, uh, We're we're but we're sprinting through the rest of the week. That's what's up. And numbers on the boards. Heck, heck, heck.